All right, you're back with the Line to Gain podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy Dixon, and with me every week, my man, Mike Parker. How you doing, Mike? Um, doing all right. It's been a rough week with the air quality here in the oh. Pacific Northwest. Um, haven't been able to walk my dog or do anything. I can't take him outside in this. Uh, it's been pretty bad. I mean, it's really hazy outside yeah. at the moment, so that's not been... Not fun. Kind of. This is the first time that I've said this in a long time. I'm waiting for a little rain that we get this weekend. It should clear off, off the smoke. But for right. those who don't know, we have fires that basically are running um, up and down I-5 from or from our Oregon border all the way up to Canada. So we've been yeah. we've been pretty hammered over the last um, few months. Yeah, it's crazy. Like we have 80 degree weather this last weekend in uh, the middle of October, which is just. Uh, crazy for we haven't really had any significant amount of rain since like the end of july beginning of august range yeah right yeah so it's it's been crazy over here and uh yeah it's it's been tough man definitely breathing is it's tough to breathe in this stuff so i think i I think i saw that we had like the worst one of the worst air qualities in the world right now so yeah which is why i can't let the dogs out yeah (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, man, let's uh, we're going to dig in here to uh, we're going to review week six and kind of look ahead to week seven a little bit. Yes, we are. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Mike, you want to going to run down our, our kind of uh, betting woes for this week first or not woes. Uh, this was the first week since I've started tracking. So the last two weeks where I actually won a couple of bets. So I feel pretty happy with that and pretty motivated, actually. So uh, my first uh, was Arizona at Seattle plus two. Um, That was paying out uh, minus 108. Um, I think it really just happened the way that I thought it was going to happen that week. I I didn't think Arizona is going to be able to exploit the the bad Seattle run defense. Um, I thought our secondary and, you know, our pass coverage would hold up. We got some decent pressure. we contained Kyler and I think we ended up with somewhere around six sacks. So I think it was an all around. Oh, and, um, Gino, who would have thought, right? So he's like second in QBR right now. He's passing at a 75% completion with an average pass of around nine yards. So it's not like he's dinking and dunking. He's mm-hmm. pushing it downfield. He is seeing the field. This is uh, the Geno that I never thought I'd see. Like when, when Russ went down last year, he was playing okay versus those the Rams. And then at the end of the game, when we needed a drive, he threw an interception. That's kind of the Geno Smith I expected. I did not expect right. you play some games, you move the, you know, you play, you, you, make some passes, you, you move the ball, you know, a little bit up and down the field. But when crunch time came, I expected the turnovers, the fumbles, the deep sacks, yeah. all the things that plague, you know, your bottom half quarterbacks in the league. So um, as of right now, he's probably a top 10 quarterback. I'm going to – so in my league that I refused to draft Russell Wilson in and I ended up with Tua Tagovailoa that we've talked about before, um, I – now that two is injured, I was like scouring the waiver wire. And last week I picked up Andy Dalton thinking he was going to tear up the Seahawks and he didn't do anything. Uh, 
And now, and I could have picked up Geno Smith for that game, and he went nuts in the New Orleans game. And he, I think he only had two or three less. I was going up against the team that had Patrick Mahomes this week, and I think Geno only ended up with two or three less points than Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes was going up against the Bills, you know, stellar defense, but still I was pretty happy with the outcome. So. I think they're number one in both offensive and defensive uh, um, DVOA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Bills. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so you, you got the W in that in the Seahawks game? Yeah, that was a win for me. So I'll give you my totals, kind of what I was able to do this week after we kind of summarize these. But yeah, <clears throat> win, Seattle, yes. win and a win. Yes. All right, my next one um, was Tampa Bay minus 8.5 at Pittsburgh. Honestly, I didn't think there was any way that the Pittsburgh offense was going to move the ball against – um, this Tampa Bay D. Um, what I didn't realize is it appears that every single one of their d- cornerbacks or defensive backs were injured in some way, shape, or form. So didn't take that into consideration. Uh, Kenny P and and uh, uh, Mitch um, kind of tore them up. So yeah. They won outright. I lost, you know, I lost my hundred bucks on that one. When I saw Mitch Trubisky, when I saw that Kenny Pickett or like the, the update come across the screen that Kenny Pickett had gone out and, and they brought in uh, Trubisky, I thought there's no way Tampa's winning this game now just because uh, I just thought. I don't thought, know what it is, man. He wasn't seeing the field in those first three games and all of a sudden. He looked great. He's finding open guys. I just don't, I mean, is it, I don't know. Maybe he just decides that he he has nothing to lose at this point i wonder i wonder if it's a conscious decision by players like that to go i'm not gonna lose this job once they get that starting position so they take what they think are like safe throws i was listening to um ryan fitzpatrick on the bill simmons show today and he was he was talking about how there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that aren't really taking chances which could be a factor in the lack of the offense that we're seeing this year. We'll talk a little bit more about a little little bit deeper uh, take on, on that later in the show. So yeah. interesting stuff, though. Okay, so you're one and one on the week? Yep, so far. All right, my next one is Buffalo minus two and a half at KC. And then I took the over 53 and a half. Now, obviously, I won um, the straight up part of that. Um, what I didn't expect was for it to be kind of like this defensive, um, you know, matchup. I, I figured they'd, they'd be trading touchdowns, essentially. So th- right. it, it would force them to, to push that up. But, I mean, from what it sounds like, the overs are really hard to get to this year. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, I have a, a number on that in a few minutes here that I want to okay. talk about. Yeah, so, you know, that – Lost that hundred bucks on that bet. All right, so now we have Cincinnati minus one and a half at New Orleans, and the over forty three and a half. Okay. Um, so that's plus two thirty. I ended up winning that. Cincinnati had a pretty good game. Burrow really had a pretty good game. Yeah. Offensive line still a little suspect. Um, they don't. I th- they got off to a good start running. I thought. Um, actually, I'll wait until we get into our analysis to go a little bit more deep into that. I don't mm-hmm. want to like repeat myself, but anyways, this was my big win. Um, I got a parlay. I nailed it. Plus, uh, plus two thirty for me. Right on. Um, I started playing with a little money line this week. Um, 
some of the lines I didn't like, so I'm like, screw it. I'm looking for value now. I'm going for those plus payouts um, and trying to be, I'm taking some risks, you know, to do that, especially with the, um, the parlays, being able to combine some of these to get some plus output. Um, I took uh, a Jacksonville money line at Indianapolis plus 110. Um, it looked like it was going to nail it until Peterson goes for it on fourth down instead of taking the field goal. Yeah, so if it wasn't for Peterson, I uh, probably would have won that one too. Um, and finally, um, I had San Francisco at Atlanta money line. Um, so I had Atlanta winning uh, plus 198. Nailed that. They got up to 14 points really early. I just felt like this was San Francisco's kind of... I've been mentioning you know, over the last couple of weeks that trying to track... They're, they're very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. High. Like one week, they're just crazy good and blowing teams out. The next week, they uh, just can't do it. And they're particularly, you know, suspect on the road, it, it appears. And frankly, Atlanta's a good team. So I thought I had some good value there. Ultimately, I was up um, this week $220.59 um, on my $100 per bet. Um, and then, so I'm, my, I'm down five seventy nine forty one for the year so far. So I'm, I'm making some, I'm coming up, I'm, uh, making some ground up here. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. So my three bets, um, I, I had Minnesota minus three and a half at Miami. That one, uh, I should have gone crazy on that one. Cause that, that was an easy W for Minnesota and uh, I just I didn't understand how it was only three and a half points with Miami starting their third string quarterback um, who I still don't even know his name uh, Sage Thompson or something like that I'm not sure <laughs> Scott Mitchell uh, yeah whatever <laughs> uh, so I got W on that one uh, so those, that was plus 100 and I, I was back to even uh, coming into this week uh, so that was plus 100 on that one for me I uh, had Cincinnati minus one and a half at New Orleans. Got that one. Um, you know, pretty. It was. It ended up being a pretty close game, like you had already mentioned. Um, pulled that one out, so went up another hundred dollars. And then my forever hatred of the Denver Broncos and hope that Seahawks get the number one draft pick through Denver uh, had me take San Diego minus five and a half against Denver, and uh, the game was over pretty quickly or I mean that it was pretty obvious that no t- neither team was gonna move the ball much or get much going offensively uh, I think Denver's defense is really good and I think Justin Herbert's still beat up their offensive line is pretty beat up uh you know no Keenan Allen still and so ended up losing that one um but I still had the I, I still had the uh biggest smile on my face uh, knowing that Denver lost another game and Russell Wilson has another phantom injury so uh, I was two and one on the week I'm I'm plus a hundred dollars at this point and uh, I'll take it man winner is a winner Uh, and then as far as uh, my actual bets that I made um, which I know Mike likes to review and and uh, laugh at me about um I, I'm a moron, basically. If I would just, <laughs> I should just bet the bets that I make on this show instead of uh, screwing around. Uh, but it's, it's like you go somewhere or see a line and just, 
you know, blacked yeah, out. Or I, just hear, start. I hear something, like I'll hear something on the Bill Simmons podcast. I'm like, great idea. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. So I made a teaser bet. And I mean, I only bet, I think, $25 on it. But uh, I had Carolina. So it was a six-point teaser bet, uh, teaser parlay. So it bumped the Carolina Panthers uh, at the Rams. Point spread to plus 16 for Carolina. So I won that. Buffalo, uh, the six-point teaser, bumped that to Buffalo plus three and a half. So I won that. Uh, took the Eagles, and the par- the teaser bumped it to uh, minus 0.5. So won that easily. Uh, Chargers um, and the Broncos, it gave uh, the Chargers plus one and a half. So they won that as well. And then I broke my cardinal rule, Mike, and I bet on the Seahawks game. Never bet on your own team. And I took the freaking Cardinals at plus three and a half. And the Seahawks obviously won by, what, 10 or 11 or something. So, yep, blew that uh, right out of the water. If I would have just bet on my own damn games, I would have been a winner. But I'm not. I'm a loser. Anyway. In betting, not in life. I know. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, man. I appreciate you. (laughs) Very welcome. All right. All right. So uh, let's talk about our observations um, for the games this week. Uh, So just we had uh, four teams on by. uh, So the Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Las Vegas Raiders, and Tennessee Titans did not play this week. So we started off with Thursday night, Washington at Chicago. Uh, My take was... uh, Thursday night football, Amazon, Jeff Bezos jokes aside, uh, this game was really ugly. Um, honestly, to me, it looked like a couple of quarterback or the quarterbacks looked like a couple of drunk guys playing cornhole, just randomly throwing things. That's so a- true across a, di- a, a, a distance, <laughs> right? Missing a lot of throws. I didn't see any good quarterback play at all. I had a million things going on Thursday, and my whole plan was I was going to bet $100 on the under in that game. And I did not get the bet in on time. And I did not get that 100 win that Because I would have won that bet easily. I think the over-under was like 42 or something. And I don't believe the game went over 35. So Yeah. That was a, that was a bit of an annoyance. Um, yeah, just ugly game. Like both of those teams. The, my favorite part of the whole game was when they were um, on the set after the game, they're interviewing uh, the young running back that got shot uh, right before the season started and was, you know, basically his second game back, actually playing, I think, Brian Johnson or something. Can't remember his name. Anyway, the whole crowd is just chanting, sell the team, sell the team, and you can hear it clear as day. It's Brian um, Robinson. Brian Robinson. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, yeah, they just chanted, sell the team, and we're going to get to some of that stuff later uh, with the Dan Snyder situation, but uh, ugly game, real ugly game. Yeah, it was horrible, which just seems to be a theme with those particular nights, and you have some theories behind that, but you know, we'll talk about it a little well, bit Well, yeah, even if it's good teams playing, because obviously those are two of the like least... Here's my theory. My theory is obviously they only have four days to really prepare right. for those. So I, it's almost like, you know how when you have four um, 
gas stations on every corner. Yeah. Like the the price of gas is essentially the same from like Shell to mm-hmm. Texaco to whatever Chevron. They're all the same. So it's right. collusion, right? So I, I wonder if like there's this unwritten rule that like we're only going to use a certain percentage of our uh, playbook. We're not. You don't have time to like do deep install. Right. So I just I imagine it's all basic offenses. You hope for some like defensive mishaps or fumbles or picks or something like that and and you just you just play basic football so it's it's not pretty i i understand i would assume that the teams are trying to protect their players to a certain extent um i mean to the to the franchises their assets yeah you know in addition to human beings yeah because even you know even if it's a great game on paper like it seldom is a good game on the field right so all right, so what, what's next? San Francisco at Atlanta. I turned this on, started watching it. They were already, Atlanta was already up 14. My theory behind this is I think Arthur Smith is coaching his ass off. I think the team is not that good from a, from a roster standpoint, mm-hmm. but they're playing out of their minds. We went into it yesterday. They were, they were losing, but they were only lost by like seven total points in like their, their three losses or right. whatever it was. So they're hanging in there in these games, and I expected them at home against a mediocre San Francisco offense and a defense that seems pretty injured right now. I really thought... Um, they had an opportunity uh, to at least win. That's why I took Atlanta on the money line. I didn't know if they were going to win by a lot, uh, but I felt like that payout at, at plus 90, 198 was like a good kind of you know chance to take, if you will. And sure enough, Atlanta defense scored a. They had a defensive touchdown. Mariota had three passing or two t- passing touchdowns on. Uh, 13 for 14 passing, 93% efficient, efficiency, only 129 yards. So uh, wasn't they weren't throwing it all over the field. He did have 50 yards uh, rushing and a TD there. So he counted for three TDs. We have a d- defensive TD. There's your 28 points. Um, their defense played very well. So congratulations to Arthur, Arthur Smith and the Falcons for sure yeah yeah no doubt I know my brother went pretty hard on this game betting this weekend and uh he had them in a couple of parlays and I think he went like bet bet some big money on them uh just as an individual game as well and I just am getting texts as I'm uh as I'm starting my day out and like what the hell like what's wrong with San Francisco's defense and I'm just like I think like half the team is injured right now because I'm pretty sure uh the Bosa, whichever the Bosa brother, Nick Bosa, plays for them, I think. Nick Bosa yeah. plays for the 49ers. He yeah. was out, and then some, like, a, couple of, a couple of their defensive linemen were out. I think a linebacker was out and one of their DBs. So, um, yeah, they were not uh, in, in top shape this week. So, good, uh, good win for Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, I mean, got the Seahawks in the tie for first place in the, uh, in the NFC West. Yeah, well, speaking speaking of well-played games, New England at Cleveland is the next one here. So this is Belichick's revenge game, I guess. The Browns were his first head coaching position. He, he coached them uh, from 1991 to 1995. Um, he also, coincidentally, with this win, tied George Hallis uh, for second on the all-time wins list as a coach. He wow. is now chasing Don uh, Shula. So he uh, got 324 this week. And Shula's at 347. So um, congratulations to Bill Belichick for that. Honestly, uh, Bailey Zappi 
out of his mind with uh, 309 uh, yards passing, two touchdowns, and really a Ramondre Stevenson, 76 yards and two DDs there. Um, they're just finding ways to win. They are putting up some serious um, points on the board. They're 3-3 three and three right now. Um, they're right there in the AFC playoff race for sure. And Cleveland is regressing to where I believe that they should be. And that is hell. (laughs) Yeah. I think I texted you during this game and was like, how in the hell did the Seahawks not draft Bailey Zappi? Like, I remember seeing that he was kind of one of those sleeper, like, second third day quarterback end of the second day uh early third day draft picks that you could get i'm not positive what round he was drafted it must have been the sixth or the seventh though um but i mean does mac jones come back and get his job back without any any question do you remember when the russell trade was announced it was it was after the after the draft right? no it was before because we got there well there you go i mean you had you had quite a full quarterback yeah, I mean, do you think Drew Locke is better than the the prospect of Bailey Zappi? Then you don't draft him. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you have yeah, so many right. other needs, man. That's true, but I mean, yeah, I was just thinking more like six, seventh. We round, had a running back so. retired. Our 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 yeah. starting running back at the time hasn't really played an hey, entire the season. The Seahawks draft class is out. I mean, I can't. You can't really I'm ask not for much with more. I'm not, if they I'm got Bailey Zappi, right if they got Bailey Zappi, that would just make it that much better. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, yeah. hey, man, just let, let yeah, sleeping yeah. dogs lie, please. <laughs> yeah, if you look at our... Uh, we don't need Bailey Zappi. Yeah. That's not the solution to right, our problems. Right. <laughs> no doubt. That, that, and with all, you know, all respect to Gino, that was before the Seahawks game. So Yeah. Um, and I keep waiting for Gino to turn into a pumpkin, but we'll get to that later. All right. So our next game, uh, New York Jets at Green Bay. Um, for me, Green Bay was worse than the Jets were good. Zach Wilson, baby. So you had a hot take maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago about um, the like Rogers and and Brady Brady should retire. Um, This is probably your greatest accomplishment in the hot take uh, field. Uh, I don't think you've nailed any of them until this one. And I'm, I'm really happy for you. My God, if you haven't nailed this one, I, I don't know what's going on with with Aaron. It just seems like he's not motivated. It's like he doesn't really want to be there. And I heard some rustlings that he was potentially kind of retiring at the end of the year. I wonder what that's all about. I did hear something about that, too. You know, it's a tweet. You, you really don't know what to believe out there. So you take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, it seems to fit a narrative that you that I'm seeing with my own eyes. They're just not good. And they're not. frankly, the Jets, they're good up front on both sides of the field. They got a really good running back. They got some talent at receiver. That Brees Hall looks really like, sauce. Looks they put good. a little sauce on all of this. I texted you, uh, Aaron Rodgers does not like the sauce early on, man. When, but I guess that interception, I think, got called back. But uh, still, it looked pretty good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm – I'm, for me, they're trending up, the Jets, obviously. I didn't think they were going to be able to pull this game out. Congratulations to the New York Jets, despite having a shitty quarterback. Man, get off. W- wins are wins, bro. I he get went it. into They went into I Lambeau. It. I get it. They went into Lambeau. He got the it. W. I get it. All right. Next game. Let's go. All right. Jacksonville at Indiana. Um, man, this uh, was ugly. 
I don't know if we really need to kind of get into how this game played out. Jacksonville was ahead most of the game. Um, they, they make a, a boneheaded decision to go for it and get stopped, uh, giving Matt Ryan an opportunity to come back, throw a touchdown, and essentially win the game. Mm-hmm. So that's done, right? So let's take a moment to reflect on Matt Ryan. He passed Dan Marino and is now seventh on the all-time passing list. Uh, my guess is he could get to Phillip Rivers this year. Maybe, maybe Ben Roethlisberger. If no, another he, great Indianapolis quarterback right. of years past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think maybe he can get to Ben Roethlisberger if he continues on this like 300 to 400 uh, a game range. My guess is he gets to Rivers. And then if he plays again next year, we'll see. He can, he can get, uh, what is that? He's seventh, sixth. He'll be fifth on the list. So are the top four uh, within reach? Um, so four is Brett Favre at 71,838. Uh, Matt Ryan's at 61. So he's got to so go no another 10,000 yards. There's no way then, right? He's got to play another four years probably yeah, to get to that range. Yeah. And I don't see maybe that. two years. Or, I'm sorry, maybe three years. But I don't, I don't see him playing another three years at, no, at where he's at no. right now. So. Not unless he has a complete spark, you know, gets... Well, let's think about it. Matt Ryan's an accumulator. There's no question. He has a Super Bowl appearance and, you know, some All-Stars, some Pro Bowls. Um, If he gets to that five range, top five in passing in NFL, um, with really no one behind him, you got Aaron Rodgers at 56, Stafford at 51. I don't think Stafford's going to be anywhere near him the way he's playing this year. Um, Is he he, uh, Hall of Fame caliber? Yeah. I don't close. know what their I don't Probably know what close. I don't know what their level is like how many is it just yards is it just stats yeah. or is there some other qualifier that they use um, I like the guy I have a question for you shoot which which Super Bowl meltdown against the Patriots is worse the Seahawks or the Falcons the Falcons I think so too. And it started with that missed block on the wheel route, and it was the running back who should have picked up that blitz. That was the 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 three part. Well, it. it was like, like the you, sack, the fumble, yeah, uh, the, the the fumble and the recovery. I think with the Seahawks, like they had that fluky Jamal or uh, curse. What, Jamal curse? Jerome. Jerome curse. No, it's not Jerome curse. Is it? Jermaine. Jermaine curse. Thank you. Uh, it was it was one, it was one, <laughs> like one of those J names. It was one of the Jackson Five. Yeah, the, yeah so the Jermaine Curse fluky uh, catch down the sideline, and then even if you score there, even if they run the ball in that play instead of throwing the interception, you're giving Tom Brady the ball back with like a minute to go. There, there's no way, there's no way two. that the Seattle loss compares to the loss that right. the Falcons went through. They were up what thirty eight to three at halftime, and yeah. they just got obliterated yeah, in the crazy. second half. So it, it, it's the the largest meltdown, the only overtime game in Super Bowl history. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's got to win. Yep. All right. Next one. All righty. So uh, we have Minnesota at Miami. You, you won some juice on this one. Um, I think Miami is a case study and why the quarterback play is so important. Uh, Mike McDaniel has a system. It's that um, Shanahan system, uh, zone blocking, how they run the offense. Um, he even said that it requires uh, you know, full attention. They need a week of preparation for their, for their uh, game plans for the quarterback. Um, it's hard to like bring in 
a quarterback that isn't up to up to speed yet, and it's showing. I think as as high as I was on them after like week three or four, I'm for me they're trending down quite substantially. They're probably I would say. 22 to 23 in a power ranking at this point. I mean, so that's like a 20 point drop over the course of two weeks. And for me. What, what happens when Tua comes back for you? Anything? Um, Dolphins are at home versus the Steelers. This is one of those games I'm not sure how to predict. I don't know what version of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense shows up. Right. Um, if that, I feel like if Tua is playing, you probably got to give the nod to Miami winning this game, but. Yeah, but they're at minus seven right now. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't I would, take that. I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot. So it's it's tough for me. A lot of these matchups are pretty tough for me to pick. I just it's hard to predict what team's going to show up on a particular day. So right. I don't know. Yeah, they they, they probably rust, win. How much rust Tua has too after getting? I mean, I know today he came out and said he was completely knocked unconscious. So um yeah i had no idea so i mean the money line's minus 335 for miami i wouldn't that, ta- I don't I, that's think no I would there's no that. value there no, i'd probably take uh, plus 270 with the steelers and just kind of like wing it if i what if i had a gun to my head to make a bet on yeah, that yeah 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 I, I mean for for miami just not really not impressive and no yeah who knows yeah we'll see I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not I like sure Tua. about Minnesota. I like Tua yet. as a at five and one. I'm not yeah. sure about them. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, their quarterback play again. Quarterback play. Yeah, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. No, you can't. And I don't trust Tua. Frankly, he had I a know. couple of good yeah. games. He underthrew a lot. Yeah, I like I like somebody to get it down there a little bit. Yeah, just think if you just pluck Herbert off of that uh, Chargers team and put him in Miami, like yeah. how crazy that offense would be with yeah with those receiver oh man yep yep all right next one we got baltimore at uh new york giants uh we mentioned arthur smith and being able to coach um his team to victory and john harbaugh is the opposite is that what no day ball um he's in there they ran a wildcat where they handed it off to the to another running back that was in there and i'm just like they're so innovative with how they're trying to win this game it's really they they got danny dimes out in space they're putting in three tight end packages they're running with saquon they're just kind of riding that this may be another hot take that i had at the beginning of the year because i said i thought the giants were going to be i think i said they were going to finish second behind philly and they still potentially could um I like. I think this team is fun to watch. They're in every. They're never like. They're not getting blown out, even if they do lose. They're in every game. I mean, obviously they're five and one, but they're just a. The, the offense is fun to watch. Like Brian Dable is an offensive genius, and I I'm here for all of it. So here's a a fun you know in game hot take here. So Baltimore, we all know of their injury situation last year and how that affected how they played. Um, it seems like the Giants are having a similar issue with injuries this year, but they're like the best case scenario, coaching, rallying, finding ways to win good defensive play. Um, It's not trickery, but they're just, they're innovating and they're not set in a system and they're using their players and they're coming up with things, man. I didn't know this day ball from, you know, 
Jeff, but it, he seems to really know his stuff. And I mean, congratulations to them. They're five and one. Um, it's a, it's a, like a log jam at the top of the NFC East right now. Right. Um, so do I think they're going to win the East? No. Are, do but I think you wouldn't they, be shocked if they pulled it out? And, I would be shocked if they won the East. Yeah, I, I would. I, I wouldn't. Would be, be I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would be shocked if they were able to get by Philly to win. Again, the East it's too. it's Dallas. It's so Philly proved themselves. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, in, in a few minutes. So Philly proved themselves uh, beating Dallas. We'll see what the how the the Giants can deal with Dallas. You know, they still got you know, obviously to play them. We'll see how that all turns out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Tampa Bay at Pitt, Pittsburgh. Kenny P gets his first passing TD. Woo. Tampa Bay's O is in big, big trouble. It doesn't seem like Brady wants any contact. Um, he's not letting his routes develop. He's getting the ball out very fast. And he's, I don't know. He doesn't seem to be in it. So I have I, I have this kind of thing that I wrote out that my observations on Tom at the moment. Okay. So before I start reading that, you know, did you have any takes about the game itself? Um, just more as like a whole of what we've been talking about. Um, I sent a, so in my group chat after the Monday night football game uh, a couple days ago, we we're going back and forth about how bad Russell Wilson looks, how bad all these guys look and I, I texted them and said the NFL feels like upside down world right now. The Giants and Jets are good. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers look washed. Russell Wilson is playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league while Geno Smith is playing like one of the best. Like this is it's insanity right now. It's bizarre world. It's really sure. bizarre world for sure. So anyway, go ahead. Let's hear what you had to say. All right, so this was regarding Brady's lack of participation in practice and team activities this last week. Um, he takes Wednesdays off every week. Um, I guess he went to Robert Kraft's wedding on Friday. Uh, didn't take the team, the flight with the team, so there's like a lot of stuff going on. <clears throat> so I had some thoughts about this, and this is kind of, I'll just read it out because it's like a paragraph. Okay. Um, other than his competitive drive and work ethic, Tom Brady's superpower is team building, always has been. By all accounts, he has a way of relating to his teammates regardless of their age, creed, or color. He has managed over the course of his 20-plus year career to bond men and move them into a unified direction. What I'm seeing from him this year is a man falling apart in front of our eyes. I know, this, what, I know what this looks like because it happened to me. There comes a point in one's life when everything they know about themselves, every characteristic that you develop to create any notion of success in your life, your family, and your career is challenged. It becomes outdated. It slips away slowly at first. You don't even recognize it's happening. Then things start to fall apart around you. You put your head down and you grind through it the way that you used to, but this only accelerates the demise. Soon all of the people in your life have, that have been supporting you throughout uh, the years are done. They're fed up with the stress. They don't want to feel second to some endeavor anymore. They start challenging the very core of who you believe yourself to be. This is the point where one has to decide, will you adapt, evolve, 
or will you continue down the path of destruction? For Tom, everything he has done in the previous 30 plus years to create and nurture his legacy is not working anymore. He's losing his family, he will lose his team, and eventually he will lose the game. Wow, man, that's uh, powerful. Uh, it, it feels true. I mean, I, I don't I'm know. Watching, yeah. I'm watching a man fail right now, yeah. and, it, and it's hard to watch. And I don't know him personally, obviously. I'm just right. a guy talking on, on a podcast here. But like I said, I've seen it. I, I yeah. watched my I, I went through similar struggles, right? Yeah. Like and I know how it felt and I and I know what the guy looked like. Mm-hmm. I know what I look like when I'm staring at myself in the mirror when I'm failing. And yeah. He just he doesn't look like he's right. So Yeah, something definitely looks off and you know, I I hope it works out for him, man. I, I do too, man. I don't wish this on anybody. I like him so much more. Like, I hated him when he was in New England. I mean, just beating the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, all these things. I just It was more like a Michael Jordan hate, though, where it's like you respect the greatness, but you, you're rooting against him. But, yeah, after, like, the man in the arena and, and him going to Tampa and seeming like he's actually having fun, it was like, wow, this is, this is refreshing. And then I think he just should have walked away. He shouldn't have come back. He should have stayed gone. He probably should have just retired after he won that that Super Bowl the first year with Tampa Bay and just called it a called it good, you know. But um, some guy, you know, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, like we don't know what it's like to be in that position where you're at the like a world class athlete and you only have so long. And well, he's at the point where he still has the physical talent. He can still play this game. He's smart yeah. enough, and he has the physical talent to play this game. And it's and it shows. He's top five, six, you know, quarterbacks in the league right now, even to this day. But that's not all what it's about. The team is in shambles. They they have injuries. They're I mean, and sometimes you don't know that when you sign up. Right. But the bigger issue, I think, is the stuff that's falling around, falling apart around him. Yeah, that part. It seems like he's either doesn't care. Sometimes people get so popular or they're so rich, the fact that they are turning over their families over and over again doesn't seem to bother them. Right. Um, to me, it seemed, based on that aforementioned man in the arena, that that wasn't the, where he was coming from, that he did value his, the time with his kids, that he did value his family, and he did take steps in previous years to make sure that he was nurturing those relationships. Right. And then all of a sudden, to pivot... Despite what we knew, Giselle had stated it in that show that she was done with this and it was her turn. She had waited long enough. They had discussed this and he's changing the parameters and he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. He's going to put a lot of pressure on his team. He's going to lose the locker room. And once that happens, he no longer has the superpower. Right. That's well said, man. Well said. All right. Carolina at the Rams. Um, Carolina Walker was not taking any chance, any chances downfield. Yeah. I mean, it was so easy to defend them. Well, weren't they up ten nothing or something to start the game? They got a couple like a turnover and uh, Carolina's defense is good. Yeah, they're just out there too much. Yeah, and they're getting exhausted and they're yeah. getting pummeled. And there's I was feeling th- so good on my teaser bet because I was like, oh, I got them plus sixteen, and then it, it was real close. Like, I mean, I think uh, the Rams ended up winning the game by fourteen points, like twenty four to. Well, 10. they yeah, they got some garbage like a yeah. garbage time TD towards yeah. the end there. So, for me, it sums up, the Rams get summed up in this one play. There was a play where. Um, 
Stafford throws to his left and there's kind of, he's, it wasn't Cooper cup. I, I think it was Allen Robinson, but there was two defenders out. Or there was two guys in route and then two defenders over the top. Okay. And he just kind of like flips it out there, like whatever. And it, and it gets bounced around almost picked. And I just go, why is he, why is he so nonchalant about the pass? If he really hits his back foot and fires that he could probably get it in the keyhole you know, for like a four or five yard game, mm-hmm. but he just, just flip it about it and just yeah. throws, yeah, half, half asses the throw. And, and I'm just like, what is he doing out there? Why are you even playing this game? Yeah. So, um, I don't think, again, we talk about veteran quarterbacks that are just not, you know, in this world anymore. He right. seems to be one of those guys as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and Cooper Cup. He does everything for that team, and I feel bad for the guy. Well, I don't feel bad for him. He's got a lot of success, making right. some good money as a, his Super Bowl ring, but I he's working he his sh- ass off. I love that he shaves his beard after the season, and like nobody even knows who he is when he's walking around in L.A. <laughs> I would do the same thing, honestly. <laughs> um, it's funny because like you see him, like he gets a catch and gets not, knocks out of bounds, and he just tosses the ball back to the ref, and he just looks – dejected almost yeah and he just goes right back there and grinds it out and grinds it out and grinds it out they're gonna burn him out yeah i think you're right i think you're right carolina bad rams aren't um, they're not a uh i'm not writing them off yet no but, but man they don't look good they don't look yeah there's no depth they, they have no like depth one. they got no, a running back problem too all. yeah well sony michelle or not sony michelle God. uh Cam Akers is getting, uh, I heard, is like basically they're open to trading him. They're trying to find a trade partner, which is shocking because after he came back in the Super Bowl last year and for the playoff run last year and looked really good in a few of those games. I don't think it's about physical ability yeah, oh, at well, this point. Yeah, I think of course not, they're yeah. having, they're, they're butting heads, it's clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. I think maybe just not getting. He thinks he's not getting enough run, or what the yeah. We'll I don't see. know. Who knows what's going on, man? We'll we see. all running we, skill position players in the NFL are a lot of times just freaking head cases. So we'll see what happens. I, I'll say it like this, man. I was today. I was working, and I, I have to log into these resources for my company in order to deal with some HR stuff. And I'm getting like every time I go into, there's an error, or the VPN's not connecting, or something. Right. And I was getting so frustrated, I wanted to throw my computer across the room. And that's just the smallest little thing. Yeah. I couldn't imagine dedicating your life to these things and and simultaneously having some shit that's going on in your life and you just want to scream and run away um, right. and just have to be able... And we all as fans expect you to come in and show up with a certain amount of like enthusiasm to this thing. Yeah. But man, they're people, they have times things that they go through in their life and they're not ready or, or they're button heads with their boss and think they deserve better and we all can relate to that so yeah. i hope he i hope he lands somewhere and you know yeah we'll see yeah good luck to him all right arizona at seattle um like i said earlier i feel like i predicted this one pretty well i had i had i they were down to the third string running back so i had no delusions that this running game was going to was going to exploit our weakness uh i feel like our secondary is really good we had um we had two top rookie cornerbacks was it the rookie quarterbacks that mean that i sent you kobe bryant yeah 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 yeah. so looks like 
he looks like a monster man yeah i'm really really happy they're really good at that position we have an all-star at safety like i see all-star i mean all pro at safety and um i think in the back end we're good we're a little weak at linebacker and we're a little weak up front and Mm -hmm. we just can't stop the run but that team's can't run either yeah so here's the game plan i've said it for two three weeks now the game plan to beat the cardinals is really one thing you have to keep kyler murray in the pocket yeah if you can do that for big chunks of the game you will get sacks you will get delay of games you will get uh intentional groundings you will get overthrows you will get the defense will have opportunities to get um turnovers if you let him out, if you don't contain, um, he can tear you up and get stuff going downfield. But let's face it, Brown's out. Brown was uh, didn't play very well. Brown's out now. I mean, that they're they're going to struggle on offense moving forward. And I don't. I think they're old and slow on defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Geno Smith again. Like I, I'm. I just keep waiting for this guy to turn back into a pumpkin and he's not doing it. Well, I think his attitude is so great with the whole thing. Like what about the people that wrote you off that he didn't write back? That's like one of the greatest, that's like a greatest comeback line ever. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think, I think he's maybe, yeah, I've been talking with my brothers about this a lot this week. Like, you know, maybe him sitting for the last 10 years or whatever it's been, behind you know i think he was behind eli manning for a year in new york and philip rivers for a couple years in san diego uh or la i'm not sure if which it was but um who are you talking about geno smith he was drafted by the jets i know but he went to oh. new york for a year after he left the jets yeah, and who knows man was behind eli manning and then was behind philip rivers for two years in san diego and then is that and then sat behind russell wilson for three or four years yeah i mean so maybe you learned something well, one of the things that I did um, see, speaking of Geno Smith, is he was 20 for 31, but just 197 yards. Um, wasn't his best um, day throwing the ball. Um, they had five possessions inside of the in the red zone um, on Sunday and only came away with one touchdown, uh, four field goals. So they weren't they weren't particularly efficient in that space. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit more uh, from them in the red zone, but I, yeah. utilize those. I, I mean, just utilize your tight ends. Let's, I don't know. Yeah. I saw I think they Seahawks tight ends better have had more, yeah. more uh, receiving yards or something like that in the first six games of this season than they've had in like the last two years with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Anyway, let's uh, go on to the next game. Buffalo and Kansas at Kansas City. Game of the week, game of the year, possibly here. Yeah, I mean, I assume this was going to be a boat race. Um, Me too. But I know it was. It, it was a good game. It I mean, good, yeah, it, it was, was close game. at the end, and that's kind of as a fan watching a good game, you want to see some stakes towards the end of the game, and there definitely was that. A couple great plays by uh, Josh Allen in that last drive they, where they got that touchdown. Um, Mahomes played well, uh, but, you know, it was a defensive game. They actually, the defense has held up very well against these offenses. Um, K- Kansas City has a problem. Um, opening up the back end of the defense. So we'll see 
we'll see how that works as we get into those the the ides of of december yeah i'm interested uh, to see that too that's that's tyree kill looks like he's being missed more and more by them so we'll see what happens all right dallas at philly i was really excited to watch this game on sunday night i missed almost all of it <laughs> yeah i was excited to see it as well and i missed the first quarter and then i got to the tv and was like never mind i have better things to do with my sunday night yeah i had we had some friends that came over so i decided to kind of like hang out with them instead of watching the game uh but you didn't miss much yeah well alas you know philadelphia six and oh um after that game um great test for them on both sides of the ball i think they held up well the secondary looked really good um o-line is playing out of their minds right now probably the best in the nfl um jalen hurts is so jalen hurts obviously running that rpo um very well um, reading, reading very. I mean, there he's reading the defense like uh, astonishingly well. Um, looks like a different player than last year, so I give him a lot of credit for his growth. I agree. Yeah, he he looks really good. Um, excited to see what they can do this year. All right, Denver at this is the Monday night game. Denver at the San Diego Chargers. Ah, psych. Uh, L.A. Chargers. Um, Honestly, I was starting to feel sorry for Russell, um, legitimately. Just like the stuff that he's having to deal with right now. Uh, you're, you're just how a, bad he is. You're a better person than I am, Mike. And then, well, maybe not. But then uh, Twitter reminded me how corny he was. <laughs> I saw this Subway ad with him in a leather jacket with fingerless gloves and sunglasses. Oh and I'm God. like, what the f- is he doing? I don't understand this man. I... I saw somebody posted the Mr. Unlimited video that is the most cringeworthy thing you can ever watch. And if you have not ever seen that, go just Google Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited or you, uh, on YouTube. But somebody posted that on Twitter and put, this guy's a weirdo. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the, char- or, uh, who did they play? De- uh, Denver played the Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers minus a million. <laughs> Like just like the guy is he's he's so easy to dislike. It's unreal. All right. So that concludes our review for week six. So let's look forward to week seven, I suppose. Um, My big takeaway and I'll talk a lot about the teams that I want to watch in the prediction. So but I will say this. So um, there are only eight teams that are above 500 going into week seven. Okay. Um, Three of those teams are on a bye this week. Um, So that's Buffalo, Minnesota, and Philly. So there isn't a lot. So I did want to watch all the remaining five uh, teams. So I'll talk about the New York Giants at Jacksonville. Um, I want to see a good win from the Giants. I want to see them put some points on the board and dominate a team and not have it in like close where they pull it out at the end. That's all fine and dandy. And that's how you are successful in the uh, NFL over time is you have to win those tough games. But if you're always on the cusp of playing tough games, I mean, that momentum can swing the other way sometimes as well. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. That's my number one game of the week um, that I'm wanting to watch is the Giants and Jaguars. I was looking at, 
the betting lines for this particular game. And I was having a really tough time even at, so Jacksonville's at home and they're minus three right now uh, on Wednesday. Um, Man, I don't know if I wouldn't just take the Giants outright. I know. And I, it's just like, I don't know what team, like a lot of the other teams, I'm not sure what uh, Jacksonville team is going to show up. Are are we going to see the Trevor Lawrence that just is mistake-free? Are we going to have a good uh, game plan uh, from Peterson? Are we going to, like, reduce mistakes and s- stop, you know, going yeah. forward on fourth down uh, at the wrong time and just playing playing a good like all three phases and coaching. Like I don't, right. I don't know if that's possible for the the Jaguars. So it'd be an int- it's well, I, interesting. I like the I like the Giants defense, and I think the way that Trevor Lawrence has been playing, I don't, I'm not. I I, I think yeah, I it's, think it's I'm, it's hard. To, I'm it's taking hard the to, Giants. It's man. hard to take the I'm, Jacksonville under yeah. that. You're right. Yeah. All right. So my the other ones I want to see, I'll just rattle them off and I'll talk about them in our next segment. Okay. So I'm looking also looking forward to New York Jets at Denver. That's on my list too. Seattle at um, L.A. Chargers. Yeah. And then KC at San Francisco. KC and San Francisco is my other game other of the three games I had. So I had Giants, Jags, Jets, Broncos, Chiefs, 49ers. Looking forward to all three of those games. And, yeah, obviously the Seahawks game. I'm all right, so let's just go right into our predictions then because we can talk about it there. So my first prediction is um, New Orleans, Moneyline, at Arizona. Um, Again, I don't think um, Arizona's offense is very good. Uh, Kyler can make plays, but, I mean, New Orleans is pretty tough up front. They don't have Lattimore, um, but I still... I was just going to say, I I had this game on my list, and I saw the injury report come out of the guys that are going to miss that game for New Orleans. But they didn't have the receivers last last week, and they they played tough against the Bengals, which I think is a better team than Arizona. Absolutely. Um, They didn't have Lattimore then either. Um, so it's nothing new from what they were playing with last week. I think they have the ability and the flexibility to you know play Dalton. Jameis might come back. Obviously, they still have uh, the T-130 there at their disposal. Um, right. Taysom Hill to run in there and kind of mix things up a bit. Um, I just think this is going to be, again, the formula is there. If they can contain Kyler in the pocket, I think it's a guaranteed win. That's why I took them uh, with the money line. I, I didn't like any of the points or the overs and the unders for this game, but I just think New Orleans is going to beat them outright. I like it. I like it. Um, you want to oh, run oh, through? Oh, and yeah. um, their coach, Arizona. Um, Kingsbury. Kingsbury is 0-1 when wearing sunglasses. So, God, God I love it. Yeah. All right. What's All next for you? How, I, how many do you have this week anyway? Uh, five. Okay, let's roll, let's roll through. All right, Atlanta at Cincinnati, uh, minus six and a half, um, and I'm uh, bundling that with the under 47 and a half. I'm taking unders this week. There's value there. It's plus 241 for that parlay. Atlanta uh, had a defense um, defensive touchdown versus San Francisco. I really don't expect that to happen this week. Um, I think Burrow is finding his rhythm finally. Um, I like their matchups um, offensively on on Atlanta's secondary. I think Chase is going to have a big day. Um, I don't think any of these teams have been super prolific offensively, um, so that's why I hit the under. Okay. So I just think Burrow and that offense is better than the Atlanta defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't think we're going to see a, a ton of scoring. Yep, yeah, okay. 
All right, so uh, New York Jets money line at Denver. Ooh, I was looking at that one too. Plus plus one twelve. Uh, dare I say the New York Jets are a better team overall? Um, the New York Jets D is fast, and I expect it expect them to give Russell fits. I mean, he has the hamstring issue, maybe a pulled lat. Who yeah. knows? Or or whatever is convenient. broken karma. I'm yeah. not sure. Karma, what, I like that one. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, Denver's run game. They're. I mean, they don't even know who's. I mean, I think uh, they they finally decided on a starter, but their run game's not working either. So I just. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I guess the question is, can Zach play mistake-free football? I guess that's what we need to see. Yeah, I mean he did, he he hasn't turned the ball over a whole lot this year since he's been playing. Um, he's had a couple too. Yeah, I mean he's had a couple, but I'm just saying. Well, I mean he's only played three games. So right. He had a couple interceptions in in his first week. Isn't he three and zero oh since uh, coming back from injury? Yeah, I think he came back in week four versus the Steelers. Uh, they won that game. They beat the Dolphins the following week, and obviously the Packers last week. So. Uh, they are um, three and zero, and four and two. Well, he's Mister Limited for sure. <laughs> he, may, he might be limited, but yeah. we'll discuss his his number lines in, right. in the next segment. Okay. All right. So, anything else to add to that Jets Denver take? Uh, no, I think. I mean, I'm definitely rooting for the. I'm, I hope you win that game. Okay. Thank you. Um, I am uh, taking a couple of unders here, and I'm putting them together. I got Seattle at Chargers under 51 and a half. I don't think there's any way that's that that gets above that number. And then Casey at San Francisco under 48 and a half. I think both Seattle and the Chargers move the ball well, uh, but have issues in the red zone. Um, plus, I think there's always kind of a lot of turnovers or questionable coaching between these teams. So. Um, I expect it to be kind of a low scoring, a lower scoring game. Okay. Um, I'm also predicting a uh, predicting a Doctor Jekyll game for San Francisco, so I, I think they're going to be a little bit better at home. Um, Casey has a limited ability to stretch the field at the moment, so I, I'm definitely not ready to declare a winner in that game. But I I, I think that the score is going to be less than uh, 48. I mean, they scored 47 points total with the Buffalo and Kansas City, which are the two most prolific offenses in the league. Um, so I expect 48 48.5 to, okay. to not hit. All right. Is that it? I have one more. One more. Let's go. All right. So I got Pittsburgh plus seven at Miami with the under 44 and a half. We talked about this earlier. Um, that's two, uh, plus uh, 216. Um, I, like I said, I don't know if – if Pittsburgh's going to win outright, um, but I'm pretty sure they can keep it close versus Miami with Tua coming back after, you know, two weeks and a concussion. Yeah. Two concussions, in my opinion. Right. And obviously those offenses aren't going to go, blow, be blowing the doors off anything. Anymore. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, I like, I like those. Uh, I think those are all pretty good picks. Um, so my, I only did four this week. I added one in and really – one of them I'm not actually betting on because it's the Seattle Seahawks and I don't bet on my own team uh, after this last week, especially. Uh, anyway, I had the Giants plus three at Jacksonville. Um, I think you give me that, like, especially if I can get that into a teaser where I have plus nine or something or 10, like that's 
I, that's money in the bank right there. I feel like um, I, I just the I don't I there's no way that Jacksonville's blowing out the Giants in my opinion. Probably not. So, uh, and then I have Chiefs minus three at San Francisco. I just feel like with San Francisco's banged up defense. I mean, even if all those guys come back this week, they're still you know, a week removed from not playing because of injury. They, they can't be that great. Now they're probably coming back at 75%, 80%. So um, I you just think, think D'Amico Ryans can figure out how to keep everything in front of them. I mean, he might be able to. I just, I, I think that three points is, I think Kansas City wants to come out. I think the AFC as a whole is much better than the NFC. I think Kansas City is probably the second best team in the AFC. And I, I don't think it's really close. So. Not to fully disagree. I don't think minus three is that, you know, I think it's right in that zone. But, yeah. like, offenses aren't doing very well this That's, year. That, that is true. That is true. But I'll take I, – I just – I feel like with the injuries to San Francisco's defense and the fact that Kansas City's defense was able to hold Buffalo to that few of points last week, I, I was really impressed by that. And, I, you know, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy G is no Josh Allen. So, no. uh I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to take that one. Um, Seattle plus six and a half at the Chargers. Chargers offensive line is decimated. Um, you know, so that's going to, I think Austin Eckler's a really good running back, both catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball. Uh, but, you know, with that offensive line. That's the reason I didn't, I didn't take the spread on them or even the money line. I don't know how we're going to play Eckler. Right, like if he if he he can go off, and if he does, I mean, this is a different game. Yeah, but I also that I I just think that you know I I mean I I am a little bit worried about Bosa and Mac coming off the edges at at Geno Smith, but I think if they can keep Joey's Geno still Smith, injured though, right? Oh yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. So, so they're having a yeah. tough time generating a pass. Yeah, rush. if they can get if they can, so if they can keep Khalil Mack off of Geno Smith's rear end, basically, I think yeah. that Seahawks have a good chance of keeping it at least within a touchdown. So I'll t- I'll take that six and a half points. Uh, and then I had the Bears and Patriots, the under forty. I know. I say I, I'm 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 staying away from the Patriots. I have no idea. I just think that yeah. I mean, I think the Bear. I I, do, I like the Bears defense the most out of anything they have going for them. And I don't think it's, I mean, I don't think it's like incredible, but again, they're playing Bailey Zappi and a bunch of no name receivers and tight end. I mean, I guess the tight ends are the only guys that you know who they are on the team, but um, yeah. New England minus seven and a half right now. I just, I don't know. It seems high. Yeah. I don't, I see I didn't like that. I don't like the number, but I like the, the over under I felt, but also our, so I think the Browns are super inconsistent, so you can't really compare the Browns to the to the Bears. Do I think the Browns as a roster are better than the Bears? Yeah, yes. Of course. But they're not playing very well, and they have a tendency not to play very well because, right. after all, they're from Cleveland. So there's a lot of ridiculousness that kind of, I think, <laughs> uh, percolates into that team. But, yeah, I mean, could you? I could see a 28-10 game here, and you're still under. So Yeah. All right. Cool, yep. cool. Those are my – Good uh, stuff. We'll, we'll uh, see how – all turns out next week. All right, so conspiracy corner hot takes. So I'll start. Let's, I only have one. And all right, it's not a very good one. Okay, well that's typical. So we'll just we'll just keep it pushing. <laughs> hot take. He doesn't have a hot take. Yeah. All right, I Zach, have one. It's not very good. <laughs> Zach Wilson watch, aka the Zach line. Give it. Give, wait, wait, what is it? aka what? Aka the Republic of Jerzakistan. Jer- <laughs> 
And that's a that's a uh, combination of Jeremy and Zach. Jeremy and Zach and Stan. Right. There you go. As it relates to being a fan. Yeah. Okay. Like a, a ridiculous fan. Yep. All right. Let's go. So he went uh, 10 for 18, 56%. That's fucking amazing. It's, <laughs> In it, a win. It, it's like um, Russell Westbrook's like shooting percentage. <laughs> So that's really good. 110 <laughs> yards, uh, eight, uh, zero TDs, almost said eight. That's ridiculous. And zero interceptions. So that's a plausit- positive. He also did have one rushing yard. He so did. What a wonderful – he did get the W, I, I like we, we discussed. So good job kind of not fucking it up, Zach. Yeah. But you didn't do anything to help. And okay. that's what I think he's going to be. Okay. All right, here we we'll go. See. So – we had uh, we both kind of had talked about this via text the other day. Is that Amazon and the NFL are anna- announcing a Black Friday game that's going to happen after uh, the Thanksgiving Thursday um, on, on Amazon Black uh, on Black Friday, of course, um, streaming on the Amazon platform. And that'll be next year, right? Or is that going to be this year? Twenty twenty three. Okay. Yeah. So next year. Yep. So. I got to thinking about this and, you know, the NFL has advertising partners, right? You have the official beer uh, of the NFL, you have the official cough medicine of the NFL, you have official car dealership of the NFL, whatever it is, you know, yeah. they pay money to like advertise throughout official the games. Google yeah. phone. Yeah. Phone. Even Amazon is an official uh, partner, a par- inter- uh, advertising partner, right? They, okay. AWS is, all, you know, all over the. Right. So, and then they have their broadcasting partners. Mm-hmm. So you have NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox, right. basically the big four. But this is the first time that their advertising partner is broadcasting games. So the business model is slightly different. So like if you're NBC, right, you're paying the NFL for the right to have the game so that you can charge other people advertising, right? Right. Um what Amazon is doing is they're paying a bunch of money to bring traffic to their website so that they buy stuff. So this is like this perfect synergy in like consumerism and capitalism. What's wrong with America, basically? But if you think about it, it's a brand new model Mm -hmm. to have like the advertiser utilizing or using the NFL uh, to drive traffic to a very specific website for for purchases like advertising acts differently right you put that little seed in your hey i am thirsty i want a budweiser but but it doesn't really i I can't just like make a budweiser appear right right but like with amazon you're there you kind of can you got the traffic you're like oh shoot i need i need some toothpaste or whatever the case is yeah and you know walmart has their own i wonder if walmart's going to try to get in this game soon too because they have their like delivery service that's kind of similar to Amazon where you can get stuff. But, but that's day. an advertising. But no, no, I'm just saying like, like I'm wondering if, I'm wondering space. if they're going to try to get in to some kind of online bro- uh, broadcast. Do they have? Do, do they? I mean, they could partner up or buy somebody's <laughs> broadcasting. I mean, they could buy Peacock it, it, or something hey, at this it, point. Well, NBC. So I know, but it, I'm saying it's like, an interesting theory, Paramount but they don't they don't have they don't have a platform created at, at this point. No, There's I, no yeah, infrastructure for it, so I don't. I, I I think it's highly unlikely. But no, I'm but saying I think if this, is this crazy. Were, if this works with Amazon, though, you could see that happening with other uh, online retailers. Well, I'd I'd probably see it not with. 
Walmart, I think you're thinking in a very specific space, like online retail. I'm thinking like Facebook, probably. Oh, yeah. And Facebook. then Amazon and those types Net- of... Yeah, what about Netflix? Uh, like perhaps, yeah. perhaps. But yeah. Netflix is just trying to get eyeballs to watch. Yeah, There's yeah. No, the, the, the entertainment is the product. That's more of a like a NBC model. The entertainment right. is the product too, and then we advertise. Okay, Mike. Too. Here's my here's my thought. Netflix and Walmart team up. Oh boy. Boom! I'm I'm facilitating deals Solving right here. Solving the world's live problems. On, that live we didn't, on the li- line to game podcast. Problems. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. So yeah, what's uh, what's your takeaway from this? I mean, other than I, I, it's great that we're gonna get another game. I mean, I, I, like that shit. I don't care about. I'd rather see Friday football than Thursday football, though, for sure. All that stuff doesn't even matter to me. I think the more enticing thing, it's not about the games for me. To me, the idea that Amazon in this relationship is kind of flipping the power structure with the NFL. And I'm not sure yeah. the NFL even knows about it or like or, or understands what it is that they're that could be. you know, venturing into here. It, it completely to me if it if it takes and this is something that we see it destroys the model that they currently have yeah. i don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing but um like um, i said this is the this is the first advertising partner that they've ever had that actually broadcasts the games you know a, an interesting kind of tangent off of this uh i know that so this is an nfl podcast but college football you know they're going through a bunch of realignment right now um the pac-12 seems like you know, USC and UCLA are leaving for the Big Ten. Um, Washington and Oregon and possibly Stanford and Cal are likely to follow them soon. Um, but they're they're trying to figure out a way to keep Washington and Oregon and maybe attract some other West Coast schools, maybe some Midwest schools. And they're uh, with their new TV deal, because right now they're, they're with ESPN and Fox. It's kind of split between the two of them. And they're talking to Amazon about potentially being the official broadcast partner of Pac-12 football, which I don't know would work. Like, I mean, obviously it's not going to be as popular as NFL football because way more people want, you know, like the worst NFL game of the season always attracts more eyeballs than even like World Series games. But, um, you know, if you can get in with Amazon, have them advertising your games every time somebody clicks on Amazon, you're seeing like, oh, Washington versus Oregon this weekend or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it's kind of a, that's definitely a game changer in college football as well. So, well, I always looked at college and the conferences is like, I'm going to get my money on It's like a money grab. Those guys don't really, it doesn't appear to me that they actually use strategy. So I think in that case, it would definitely be benefiting Amazon. Amazon's like, I yeah. need eyeballs to come to my website right. and I'm going to do it by paying for these, you know, college games or pro games and yeah ultimately i'm just going to drive people it's not about advertising right and they don't give a shit about showing the games they they just want eyeballs on their products basically they want people to get into their ecosystem for sure yep all right um yeah next conspiracy theory for you you got more um, I got one other one. Um, so it's Aaron Rodgers. We, we saw a tweet this weekend, um, or this week rather, that um, there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers is going to retire after this year. Uh, rumor, I guess. Um, and I just thought about it. Like, if he entered into this thing, like, signing the big contract, which we know in football isn't guaranteed outside of the, the guaranteed funds, um, 
is he trying will he blow up the Packers did he do it deliberately to blow up the Packers is there some resentment there like I'm going to sign this deal I'm going to lose uh, uh, Devontae Adams and they're going to be in essentially what is what looks to be a rebuilding period um, and he looks horrible doesn't look into it like where's his mindset is he going to be like I don't want to do this anymore at some point um I guess if you retire, it is what it is. You know, there's not. It's not like you're trading him and you're taking cap hits. Like he's done. You don't pay out. Um, the Packers, I think, made a mistake in choosing him and not looking to the f- forward. Yeah. Because it's not about what his ability is. I mean, he's coming off a couple of MVPs. MVP, yeah. So it's tough to walk away from a two-time MVP, a reigning yeah, but, two-time MVP. Uh, he's so difficult sometimes he's so contrarian it's it's hard to nail somebody down like that so i mean i'm guessing yeah they must have just thought that he was going to be able to turn these young receivers into the next jordy nelson and Devontae adams well he clearly doesn't trust the guys and they didn't draft their um receivers to what he needs right uh he needs precise route running he need he needs guys to hit certain things you know hit hit their marks and know where to to turn for the ball and understand that this is a back shoulder throw or this is like like a corner route or, you know. Right. And he's not getting that with a couple of his receivers and he's not trusting that and they, they don't have enough uh, explosive plays down the field. So it's bogging down the running game and he's, you know, he's dirt in the throws too, like, like Brady right now. He's like, I'm not going to sit here and take shots, you know, for these knuckleheads. And, you know, I think it's a – it's a really bad situation, if you ask me. Yeah. And it could drive him to going like, screw this, man. This is not worth it. I'm going to go do some ayahuasca, and I'm going to uh, watch Jeopardy and, and just live right. my life. And I already have $100 million. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to write yeah. my manifesto in, in Berkeley somewhere in, in the woods and just Start. be me, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to start sending mail bombs to people. No, I don't think he's that <laughs> no, I'm just, guy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so. It's kind of where I was going. My uh, my one uh, hot take or conspiracy theory, I wasted three hours and 35 minutes of my life this week listening to the rants of a madman um, named Kanye West, or Ye, as he prefers to be called now, on uh, the Drink Champs podcast. Uh, by that Noriega uh, or Nori uh, runs for I, I can't remember what the is this a hot take related to NFL NFL because in, in the midst of these just ramblings he stops and says uh, when he was watching the Super Bowl uh, with Tam- when uh, Tom Brady won with Tampa Bay that he could see it in Patrick Mahomes eyes that the NFL had told him that he needs to take an L and let the old man win one more or things would be things would be bad for him, you know? Like you want your grandma to he was like he went off on like some shit like the NFL would was threatening Patrick Mahomes family or something to make sure he lost the game and let uh Tom Tom Brady want win. He said you could see it in his eyes. He knew what was going on the whole time. So I don't think there's any chance obviously that that's <laughs> no. correct. But no. here's the here's the thing. Like there the conspiracy theory can come up in the sense that, oh, we gave Tom Brady a home game and the whole thing. But here's the deal. 
No guarantees that Tampa Bay's even no. there. That's the first thing. Two, Super Bowls are decided years in advance, or the Super Bowl locations anyway. Yeah, they didn't know Tom Brady was so, going to be playing for Tampa But I Bay. will say, in a scenario where you're playing in your home stadium, where your locker is and your, and your houses are, it's definitely more comfortable than having to go somewhere else. Minnesota, New York, you know, Glendale, um, yeah. and having to be out of a hotel. Um, it's, it's easier, for sure. Well, let me tell you, man, it really felt in Super Bowl 40 when Seattle played Pittsburgh in Detroit, and it was Jerome Bettis' homecoming to Detroit, and, uh, you know, that's all anybody was talking about. It was his last game in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it really felt like the Seahawks got jobbed in that in that uh, Super Bowl game, the offensive pass interference on Daryl Jackson uh, that was pretty phantom, uh, a phantom call there. Uh, yeah, it just seemed, um, yeah, you could see this does not feel like that to me. Like I I didn't see anything, any like crazy calls by the referees to take the game away from Kansas city in any way, shape or form. But, uh, yeah, it's Kanye West is a psycho and, uh, side note, um, he did call out Kim Kardashian's publicist, who I know from high school. She went to North Thurston High School. Her name was Tracy Nguyen at the time. Now it's Tracy Romulus. I thought that was, it's always crazy hearing her name come up. What is that? We, uh, six degrees of Primo? Is that what yeah, we're playing? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Shout out to Primo. Shout out, Primo. All right. So, did we want to, uh, Let's dig in a little bit, Mike, before we get on to like some, some of the other stuff we were watching this week. Um, I think we need to dig in offensive scoring issues, offensive scoring issues, and also these uh, NFL owner meetings that we oh, are right, just, right. just hearing about now. So, so the the ongoing theory is defenses are playing the too high, the Fangio defense, right? Uh, which is essentially playing two safeties back. Ben, zone zone underneath, not even really, just not giving up big explosive yeah. plays, forcing offenses to um, grind through more plays, longer drives. Hopefully there's a mistake, not giving up anything deep. Um, so you're seeing a lot of passing charts where everything's underneath 20, uh, right around the sideline, right. or not the sideline, the line of scrimmage. And, and you know, it's really equating to a lack of um, – offensive explosion in in the nfl so it's like contrary to all the rules and stuff like that defenses are i guess finally got smart instead of just trying to like be angry that you're getting pass interference calls all the time but they are like even on the explosive plays um, even on the explosive plays it seems like they're they're calling a lot of like garbage holding um, and uh pass interference yeah so the denver game uh, 27, I forget his name. That rookie, he's a rookie, but, right? But that First that crew has called like 50% of pass interference calls. And in it, 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 just and what they called four or five on that kid alone, Three right? on the kid. Uh, I think they got a fourth one later. Did they? they? Yeah, okay. I think they got a fourth one on them later. That was like some really of them costly. are just like, I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't really look like a pass interference. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I even Boy, even under the, those circumstances, yeah. there's no offense. And if you look at the if you look at the points this year, uh, so I, I saw a tweet come across that if you bet one hundred dollars on the under of every NFL game this season, 
you would be up like $1,500. Which means that 15 of the game... So, there's been 15 more under games than over games yeah. so far this year. Which, which is, is my which is why I went under on almost yeah, everything this week. That's the the only one I did was under I'm finally two. figuring that out. Yeah. Which is <laughs> I mean that's pretty crazy, man. That's a great stat, you yeah. know, like to to see. So, yeah, I mean, you remember hope- back in the day when the rule was kid, I don't care if you get I don't care if you get beat, just get beat big. Yeah. So that whole idea was it's over. <laughs> yeah, just Take your chances, yeah. and it just if you get beat, get beat big, right? But take your chances. Right now, they're like take take no chances. Yeah, just Keep don't it get in front of you. Yeah, don't yep. get beat big. Don't get beat big. Don't give up the big play. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how offenses kind of respond as the season goes on with that. Sure. Um, and what what we can do, and then yeah, let's get to these NFL owner meetings that. Uh, Jerry uh, Jones is a terrorist. Whew. So, yeah, Jerry Jones looked like a hostage in the photo that leaked out this week of him with Daniel Snyder and I, I, some other people from the, the Washington organization. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that, like, why Jerry Jones? I, I keep hearing things like, oh, well, yeah, like when you have a terrible owner in your division especially, you want to keep that guy in the league because you want to let him keep screwing himself. But... Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I'm not sure. It goes, I'm not sure it's a strategy because I, I, there's nothing that I've ever seen from Jerry Jones that indicates he understands strategy right. <laughs> uh, as it relates to the Cowboys. Right. One of the things that I I believe is happening here is that Jerry Jones has had like this thing with Goodell ever since he suspended uh, Ezekiel Elliott mm. for six games. I believe it was six games. It was a, it was a a lot of games, more than uh, Ray Rice or anything, for sexual assault. Right. Uh, and that really pissed him off, which is why we have that independent person now that that, that listened to uh, that, inter- not listened to, but uh, looked at the Deshaun Watson case. Right. We had that independent person that came in and, and litigator and kind yeah. of. Arbitrator. Get, arbitrator, thank you. And gave an opinion about, you know, what, what they a thought. recommendation. Yeah. yeah. So. We have all of that because of that fight. And there's this idea that Jerry Jones believes that any, you know, Muppet could have walked in and had seen the success in the NFL because of the infrastructure that he that he built, you know, leading up to when they hired Goodell. He thought like he did all of this work to get the um, the the TV contracts prior to, to to Goodell. Uh, being hired and that he's just benefiting from those contracts now. Gotcha. So there's a lot of infighting. Yeah, I didn't know about it. I mean, I knew about the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. I didn't know about the other backs up. But yeah, I know he like goes against Goodell getting reinstated as commissioner or not reinstated, but uh, continue uh, having a continuation of him or extending his contract, I guess, every year that they however often they have to extend his contract jerry jones always votes against it so and doesn't want to give him his because i mean i think roger goodell's made like 128 million dollars the last two years i have no idea as as a commissioner well we talked about this two weeks ago or a week ago whatever about egos i think it was related to tepper and like my lack of faith in his ability to kind of get over himself and you know turn this carolina panthers team around 
these guys have an ego issue. So they're going to, he's puffing his chest out right now saying he's the man. There's a contingency that believes that he's a man. They need 24 votes in order to get Snyder out. Um, he's been boasting that if he doesn't, if he doesn't want it, it's not happening. Right. There's a, there's a couple of guys that are challenging that. Well, how about cocaine Jim Ursay being the moral compass of the NFL owners at this point? And Kraft. That's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> I like it, man. I, I mean, I, good for them. At least they're, sta- you know, I mean, at least they're, they're stepping they're up damned, and saying They're something. damned bulletproof, right? Because even Jerry Jones is getting hammered with all, like he's got sexual abuse allegations coming, um, coming up. That, that I've seen um, he's had illegitimate children and some weird stuff with that like I don't know where these guys why these guys don't even get in trouble so I, I just I don't understand no me either so end of the day Mike I think these owners are just you know especially Jerry Jones is just a, a detriment i think to everything any like forward progress the nfl could make um you know not that jim or and robert Kraft are like beacons of hope but i mean at least they are speaking out and um you know kind of trying to hold daniel snyder uh responsible for the things that he's done um i i mean yeah i don't know it, it was shocking to see jim or come out and just be so blunt about that. Yeah. Like he should probably lose his team and we should vote him out. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty progressive idea for these billionaires and I'm glad he said it. Um, you know, just watching that in season, uh, Indianapolis Colts, hard knocks, uh, Ursay was, uh, I would say character and I don't mean yeah. it in a pejorative way, but just, he was, it, it had storylines if you will. And there's definitely, um, whatever he was, or I don't know, is as far as an owner, he seems to have moved into a part of his life where he's a little bit more introspective. And at least that was my take. So I appreciate that. I'm always down for somebody who evolves as, you know, as I discussed earlier in my kind of, um, my Brady take, I think it's important. We can't all as human beings do everything right every time. And it's not like we're living life without kind of pissing people off at times. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to, you know, ask for forgiveness for our, you know, our mistakes and we have to strive to be better, um, than we were yesterday. And I think anybody who's doing that, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I don't think, obviously I don't think Dan Snyder is even close to doing that. I mean, he's doubling down on being an absolute piece of shit. And then, um, I think, uh, Jerry Jones is also kind of doubling down because that particular person believes that he is really good at being a man, a human, a businessman, a football owner, and a brilliant mind. And I don't know if any of those things are actually true. Yeah, I, I could I could get behind everything you said, so... All right. Well, um, yeah, I know if you're if you're still listening and you want to know what me and Mike have been uh, consuming this this week outside of uh, football or sports. I mean, we really just do this for us. I mean, we really appreciate anyone who's yeah. sticking in with our, us, our family members and friends. That yeah. Listen to but it. I mean, this is one of my my favorite things to kind of do 
outside of you know hanging with my family on a, on a weekly basis so yeah, i do me appreciate too. it me too so thank you yeah thank you man uh so yeah well what uh how many how much how many things you i only have one that i i really watched because i was uh consumed with postseason baseball this weekend i watched an 18 inning yeah. uh one, one to zero baseball game that about made me pull out the hair i don't have anymore um i, I couldn't tell you how much i just couldn't care about baseball i mean just i don't like i tried to watch a little bit and like get into some storylines and i was just like this is not even entertaining look the, I, I, the mariners are going to be fun for you I, i'm not even like that upset that we lost to houston because we we lost three games by a combined four runs and so we we're right in every game like i'm not i, I don't in, think houston's that much better than us i lived in san diego so i'll probably be pulling for the padres but i don't give a shit Either way, yeah, I'm, going, I'm pulling for the Yankees, but let's go. I, actually, I probably – I have some friends that are the Yankees fans, and I just – I don't know. I'm just praying that Houston does not win it. That's that's my uh, that's yeah. my number one. All right, Padres anyway. it is. All right, so what did you uh, you watch this All right, week? I don't know if you saw this on, um, on Twitter. It was Coach Prime. Like some guy was interviewing him, and he goes, Hey, Coach – Hey, coach, how are you doing today? And Prime was like, why are you talking like that? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm just asking you how you're doing. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, when you come up here and, you know, when you when we're talking, it's like, hey, what's up, Coach Prime? And here you are, like, talking different. He goes, why don't you try it again? And the guy says, oh, okay. Uh, how's it going, Coach Prime? And he stopped him again, right? And he just he goes through this one more time. And then he grabs the mic out of his hand and basically is like, you know, just be yourself. Do you. And I just thought it was, I mean, it was kind of painful to watch, but you could tell the guy had a good sense of humor about it. The person interviewing him. Did you watch this at all? I didn't even see it now. Oh, I'll send it to you after we're done. Okay. But there's this, and you'll have to give me your thoughts after the fact. But, and it just, I really appreciated Dion just like, you don't have to do this, right? Mm -hmm. We can talk. Just like normal people, yeah. And it was funny because he goes, at the end, he's like, Coach Prime, how you feeling? And he goes, there you go. And it's just like, it was really, it was like a really satisfying end uh, to that little, funny. like, uncomfortable moment. And, um, you know, I appreciate uh, D Coach Prime, um, we'll call him, uh, his standing up to Saban even though he has a friendship and a relationship with him, um, standing up to some of these larger schools and being vocal about like what he does, you know, um, there's a, he, he was on 60 minutes, uh, this last Sunday. I haven't watched the full thing. Uh, but I saw a clip about him talking about how he creates discipline and tries to prepare his team for professional being a professional, whether that's as a stockbroker or whether that's a football player, you know, every job requires you to kind of, have a certain look or a certain uniform, if you will, a certain dress code. Um, they have, they ask you to, you know, operate under a certain, you know, level of professionalism and he's trying to teach these. And it was one of the things we talked about last week was like coaching. Coaching is teaching. And at, especially at the co college level, it's yeah. not just teaching the X's and O's and it's not just developing talent on the football field. It's also trying to teach students uh young people 
how to achieve in life. And I appreciate where he's coming from. Um, I don't always appreciate the rigidness because sometimes I think that rigidness, when you hear about coaches, like you better say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, here are my 10 commandments type stuff. That's like a more of a control thing that they do to try and control the players. But I don't get that vibe from him. So I thought it was really cool. I think he's really cool. Uh, I hope he's successful at Jackson State. Um, You know. Yeah, I no, like him it's a lot, fun. I, I think he's going to be at Florida State before too long, but uh, we'll see what happens. Ugh, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> um, so, do you have how many more do you have? I got one more. Okay, I'll go mine then. Yeah. Um, so, I watched uh, the latest installment of the ESPN 30 for 30 uh, movies. I'm not sure if it was an actual 30 for 30 or just an uh, uh, ESPN original, but it's called Yankees Dodgers and Uncivil War. Uh, very entertaining, narrated by Rob Lowe, uh, takes a deep dive into the 1977 and 78 World Series between, you guessed it, the Yankees and the Dodgers. Did it go back into their history when they were both in New York and stuff They too? go through a lot of backstory from the rivalry when both teams were in New York. Uh, they actually played, um, the two teams when they were in New York played in the world six times in nine years uh, with the Yankees winning five the Dodgers winning their only championship in Brooklyn in 1955. Um, Jackie on that team. Yep. Yep. Uh, It it kind of takes a deep dive, like into some of the main characters of that, uh, those seventies teams, Um, George Steinbrenner, of course, uh, after taking over the team in 1973, um, you know, brought in, uh, Reggie. So it's basically on the on the Yankee side, the big the big storylines are Steinbrenner, Billy Martin, and Reggie Jackson, mm-hmm. and then Steve Garvey on the Dodgers side because like nobody really likes Steve Garvey because he was kind <laughs> of uh, prim and proper and like looked down on the other guys for you know Gary Carter, Steve Garvey. They were all cut from that like very yeah same exactly cloth. Yeah, yeah very religious. <laughs> but and then it came at the end of the the, the show. It, it talks about how Steve Garvey like. Years later, when he was in San Diego uh, playing for the Padres, like came out because uh, he had married a local, like a, a pretty f- famous newscaster in in LA at the time, um, and it talked about how like none of the other players or their wives liked her, and so they wouldn't invite them to parties and stuff like that. It was just like a very divided team. Uh, and then years later, when he was in San Diego, there was uh, they had like a very tumultuous divorce and a lot of stuff came out about him cheating on his wife like numerous 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 times and he had looked down on on his teammates for that during his playing days and um but the the real like meat of it was was really the Steinbrenner Billy Martin Reggie Jackson kind of thing because so Steinbrenner and and Billy Martin a lot of people know like thank Steinbrenner fired him like four or five times throughout the years and rehired him. Um, But Billy Martin did not want Reggie Jackson to be a Yankee. He wanted a right-handed bat. And uh, basically Reggie Jackson, the first year of free agency, signed with the Yankees for a huge deal. Uh, And then immediately was quoted in the newspaper as – taking a shot at uh, Thurman Munson, who was the Yankee captain at the time, later died in a plane crash, uh, tragically. But that, like, divided the locker room. Nobody, like, Reggie Jackson was basically on an island by himself. 
didn't didn't have really any friends other than like I think Willie Randolph is interviewed a few times in it and he talks about you know because uh talks about Reggie Jackson's kind of plight on that Yankee team and how nobody really appreciated him or wanted him and he and then him and Billy Billy Martin called him boy a bunch of times just like a lot of racial shit and uh it was just interesting, man. I was I had a good time watching it. So it, without going into the full plot of it yeah. all, like what are your what were your top three like takeaways that you really enjoyed or learned from from the show? Uh, the top th- couple things I did not realize that Tommy Lasorda was the manager of the Dodgers back all the, uh, in the in the seventies, like because he's all he's such a character. He was there forever, man. Like yeah. from. Like, I think 75, he got the job and was there all the way through. Um, didn't realize that the Yankees and Dodgers had played in the World Series six times in nine years when, when the Dodgers were in Brooklyn. Like Crossboro rivalry. Yeah. That really, yeah, that's awesome. And how, and, you know, I mean, this, uh, basically that was, you know, there, you're only like six, eight years removed from uh, the, the Dodgers being in Brooklyn when they play back-to-back World Series against one another. And then also that then the Dodgers got their first World Series win in L.A. in 81 when they played the Yankees again. I, I, I thought they probably should have just tied that in as well. But a lot of the players, I think, had, had rolled over by that time, so it probably wouldn't have worked that way. But, yeah, in, interesting interesting documentary. I, I'm a big, like – It must have just posted because I looked at uh, 30 for 30s uh, this weekend. I didn't see it. Was yeah, it... I think it was last week or okay. uh, maybe, maybe two was... weeks ago Okay, it, it came out. But, yeah, because I, I was like, is this old? And I was I went and, like, uh, looked up the – on YouTube, I looked up the trailer for it, and it, was, it only posted two weeks ago. So A lot of baseball stuff right now. It's hard. Yeah. Like, I have to be in the right headspace to do it. I think you. I anything. think you would like this one because it's so the historical the, part. The I love. I, lo- part, I love yeah. the context of it all. So I'll probably and the check whole it thing, out. I mean, the whole thing is historical, and, and I like that um, that Reggie Jackson was able to kind of look back and be like, you know, I probably had too big of an ego at the time. Like, it, like you talked about with people being able to change and evolve and and kind of see the error of their ways. Like he he definitely was like, I was. Like the 07, 08 Kobe Bryant. Like there's a transition yeah. that goes through there and he goes through yeah. his 2.0 version of his life. Yeah. There, There is a scene um, that I thought was interesting where Reggie Jackson is uh, washing his car. They're, they're interviewing him out in front of his house while he's washing his car. He's what got kind of car was it? No shirt on. You couldn't see it, but I think it was a Cadillac. Because hmm. he's like, he's washing his car Sedan? and he says, couldn't tell. Coop? Couldn't tell. How many but, doors uh, did have? He said, the, my neighbor down the street owns a Cadillac dealer owns like a, a line of Cadillac dealerships every time he sees me out washing my car he tells me he needs to have me come down and wash his cars too and I told him uh yeah I'll let you know what my my fee will be He's like, if you're willing to pay my fee that's that's very that's quite all right I'll do that but uh like I mean just like you know obviously like kind of a racial like I mean not without being a little racist, shot yeah. being not a little shot. taking a little bit yeah. of a shot at, at, a, at a guy but uh yeah, I mean he, yeah, the the shit he had to deal with was was pretty uh pretty wild. So interesting show. I, w- I would recommend it if uh, anybody any baseball fans or history buffs. Um, it w- it was worth the watch. So. That's the saying, right? In the U- United States, death taxes and racism the yeah, only right. constants that we yeah. have to deal with here. 
right. Well, don't ask. Don't talk to Kanye West or Candace Owens about that. I hadn't planned on it. All right. Well, speaking of watching things, um, I didn't watch anything in particular that really stood out. Uh, I'm still working on this um, Golden State Warriors, like how to, I think, build and destroy a, a, a team. I'll get the title for you, but kind of that's for a later podcast. What I really like doing, um, I have a lot of fun doing this as watching is like introducing my daughter, 14 year old daughter to some of the movies, some of my favorite movies. Yeah. So <clears throat> we've been focusing on things that are a little bit more in this like century, 2000, 2010 ish. Um, we recently watched Inception and interstellar um i think i've watched um interstellar like probably 20 times or something like that it's <laughs> like one of my favorite movies um and then this weekend we watched um edge of tomorrow with tom cruise okay yeah. it's yeah. kind of like you know star wars meets like groundhog's day or whatever right. you know not quite Star Wars, but you know you get what i'm saying yeah sci-fi meets groundhog's day anyway um and it's it's really cool. I don't think she's ready for things like Goodfellas or The Godfather or anything that has like it's a little slow building kind of movies. Um, but we're starting her off with you know things that have a you know a little bit better for a, an attention span for someone her age. But it's it's always like a lot of fun to sit there and and hang with her and watch the movies and and kind of see what her response is and talk about them and yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, we also watched, we've been watching, uh, we pretty much consume all the Marvel Universe stuff. Um, so if they have a new show come out or a new movie, we pretty much like, all right, we're going to watch them together. So it's been on Andor then? Um, she hasn't got into the Star Wars universe as much. Oh, okay. um, oh the Marvel Universe. Marvel bad, Universe, yeah. Bad. So, because um, Star Wars, like, obviously it started back in the 70s and she just doesn't have the historical context of that quite yet. She wants to do a rewatch, but it's really hard to nail her down. Those things are like two and a half hours a piece. I mean, just for the first, if we were to watch them in order, I mean, we're talking, man, is it like 45 hours of content just for the, like the original, uh, that's a lot, that's a lot of time. It's, yeah, for sure. How, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take me to sit her down to watch, you know, she'll watch one a day tops Yeah. or on the, over the weekend, we, I might get one movie out of her. So it's going to take us like six months or something like that. But one thing that we really do love is the MCU. And, uh, we wa finished up she Hulk, uh, this last week. And then, uh, Thor love and thunder we caught on the Disney plus app. So that's always fun. I love doing that. Um, to me, it's more about the like experience and the time that I'm spending with her that I really appreciate and kind of introducing her to movies. We talk about like plots and, um, three act structures and you know how they're how you can kind of anticipate like what's happening in the plot based on how it's you know the story is told and they cue things up and you know where the conflict is and how that relates to the characters right. and there's always kind of that low point in the three act structure and you, you kind of like trigger when that third act begins and you know the resolution happens so we've been kind of like talking about you know how that all comes together it's been been a lot of fun all right, man. This is that. Is that it? We we uh we done? I think so. Mercifully for all these people listening after an hour and fifty one minutes. 
I'm not even listening hey, to this. We're putting content out in the world, man. <laughs> People can make their own choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hope you listen, though. Listen, like, rate, review, share, all that good stuff, please. Jeremy, only the wisest and stupidest of men never change. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mike. Until next week. Peace. <laughs>